It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And in today's episode with me and, of course, my producer, Sam Ekstrom, we're going to talk playoff basketball, but that's coming up later. Sam, I'm going to bring you in because I want to get your feeling on this. It feels like Christmas week, you know, like Christmas week. Your mom, you know, she's out shopping, dad's out shopping, kids are super excited uh, for whatever gifts they've asked for. And they're hoping when they wake up Christmas morning and they go check the tree after mom and dad have had coffee, of course, don't don't talk to us after we had our coffee. What is going to be under that tree? Is it going to be a lump of coal? Is it going to be a diamond in the rough? Is it just going to be a Lamborghini? And you're like, this thing is turnkey. I just put the key in. I don't even know how to drive a stick, so I'm not going to give the terminology for driving the Lamborghini. But that's what it feels like right now. We're a week away from the NFL draft, and everybody has – so originally, Sauce Gardner was this question mark. Now he's like a top two, top three pick in the NFL draft and prospect. You know, Stingley Jr. now because of – and this is the thing about the draft. It's a bell curve, Sam. If one guy jumps, the rest of the guys follow suit just like money. We'll talk about that later with the receivers in the NFL right now. This is the this is a reactive league. When everybody reacts to one move, so the guy comes off the board that they did not expect, everybody else has to react to it. Sam, in my opinion, when you're thinking about the NFL draft right now and who the Vikings can possibly take, there's so many, and, I, and I've and i done a little bit of my research now. I haven't completely gone into the deep end yet, but I've done a little bit. Stingley Jr. seems like the logical pick, but the problem is right now he's possibly the fifth-ranked player in this draft. Why? Because quarterbacks this year are not great. Kirk Cousins would be the best quarterback in this draft if he was on the board. He would be taking taken first, most likely. Um, not to say Kirk Cousins is bad. Kirk Cousins is good, of course. 
But this draft just doesn't have a quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence. You know, I would say if the kid from Alabama who won the Heisman, if he was eligible, maybe he would be a little bit higher and highly garnered. But he's not there. He's young. He won the Heisman as a freshman. So this draft is literally like I have no idea when I unwrap my gifts what I'm going to get. You look at Stingley Jr. You look at Booth Jr. You look at McDuffie. Uh, you look at Kyer Elam. Uh, it's so many different guys. Um, you look at Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. I just like the name. I just wanted to say the name. But Cincinnati, if you think about Fickle and Ohio State and what they've done, they've added some pieces, Sam. I mean, what what is your thoughts right now on this draft? I feel like defense is the logical way to go for the Vikings. Um, and I think you're probably going to have your pick of either a very good edge or a very good cornerback. And like you said, it's reactive. So it depends on which group of players goes off the board first. If there are three cornerbacks gone by number 12, you might have George Karlaftis in your lap. Um, if the edges go earlier, you might get someone like a Stingley fall to number 12. But in the back of my mind, Ron, I keep thinking Jamison Williams could be there at number 12. Imagine that wide receiver room. If you added a first round weapon with that number 12 pick to me, that would be the way to make your offense top five in the league. Potentially they need to get, they need to improve their offensive production. I think that's the path to playoff success. You get Jamison Williams. That's an instant impact player. Suddenly Adam Thielen is probably your, either your wide receiver two or three. What Williams could be your two. That is a deep top three at wide receiver. Yeah. And when you look at the NFL draft, and you talk about the Vikings possibly taking a quarterback, the answer is no. Like, if you do, the guy I like that I would give a shot to at least, and he's not a fast guy, can't run at all. It's Carson Strong out of Nevada. He's a guy you can get in that same third, fourth round that you got Kellen Mond. The big difference is this is a kid that they know can throw. This is a kid that threw for about 289 passes or 299 passes, something ridiculous before throwing an interception. So this is a kid that's smart, takes care of the ball. He understands the offense. He's a quick learner. He can Peyton Manning that thing at the line of scrimmage. That's a guy that I could see Kevin O'Connell growing. He's built like Kevin O'Connell. He's 6'5". So he is a Peyton Manning-esque kid. He's a pocket passer. I could see that being an option over Mannion as your backup in the future. If Kirk Cousins is the way to go for the next two or three years, Carson Strong is an easy opportunity to get a, a quality backup in one of these third, fourth round picks. And it's going to be the first team to jump. So the first team that jumps and takes uh, either Malik Willis or you know somebody else off the board, you look at who they possibly can take. And so getting my offensive guys, I put quarterbacks at the back because I just didn't feel like they mattered. So Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, you got Sam Howell. No, I, I don't like Sam Howell there. I don't like Desmond Ritter there. I put Carson Strong over those two. Now, the big difference is one played at North Carolina, the other in Cincinnati. When you're at Nevada, you're not getting as much pub. But think about Nevada's future or past. When you think about a Nate Burleson, same thing. He was in later rounds. Uh, if he's at USC or somewhere else, Nate Burleson's a first-round pick probably with that production that he put up in Nevada. And so – I, I just think that this is a draft that the first person to jump up and get Malik Willis 
which they're saying it might not be to the, the late teens or the 20s. If that starts to happen and quarterbacks start to come off and guys are there, I think the Vikings can drop back in 20. Because then, like you're saying, you can get an edge rusher. Now, Debo Samuels is going to be another one. He's going to be one that's going to question what everybody does. Because now he's asked for a trade at the no return point kind of for his team because now they need to decide if we're going to trade him, we probably want to get draft capital now so that we can replace him with somebody else and then let him move on. And what team has a high enough pick that's willing to take him? But also what team can use Debo the way Debo was used? Now, people are saying maybe the Bears because they let Allen Robinson go. We heard Lavelle Neal talk about that. Could be a suitor, but they had Cordero Patterson and they did not use him properly. So there's so much to this. There's so much going on, so much to unwrap. Um, when you're when you're looking at other guys on this, so you're thinking about the Vikings, you're thinking about the Bears, Lions, and Packers. Other than the Vikings, I see those other two teams. Now the Lions possibly can go corner too. Now they're saying maybe Sauce Gardner early. I don't know if I would take him that high. He's not Deion Sanders in my opinion. But the Packers are probably going to be looking for a receiver too. Debo Samuel could be their answer, but we already know they gave Aaron Rodgers a ton of money. So what does Debo want? Probably $126, 150000000 I just don't know who has that money, that cap space, and is willing to take that contract on, but also then give the other team, give the 49ers what they want. For the Vikings fans out there, I saw tweets yesterday. What would you do for the Vikings? And I know it's going to come up later. I have a thought about what I would do for Debo Samuels. I have a thought. It's going to come up next or later. We'll see. Some point in this show is coming up. But up next, we're going to have a new segment we're going to show you. Common file, flagrant one or flagrant two. You'll see. Stick around. Next on the Ron Johnson Show. And now on the Ron Johnson Show, we have a new segment. Me and Sam were kicking around the bucket, and we're like, hey, it's basketball season. Common foul, flagrant one, or flagrant two. Common foul means I'm okay with it. It's not that big of a deal. Let's play on. Flagrant one, a little bit of concern. Watch your next steps, but hey, it happens. Now, flagrant two, you're done. You're out. I don't like it. I'm done with it. This is It's a terrible idea, terrible move. Do something else. All right, Sam, take it away. All right. I really like this segment. Why don't we pick up where we left off in the previous segment? Let's talk about the Debo thing. So Debo wants a trade after two seasons in the league. Um, Does this worry you when it comes to Justin Jefferson that this is going to lead to additional wide receiver empowerment, that Justin Jefferson might get disgruntled, he'll see what Debo's doing, uh, that he might make either financial demands, trade demands, what have you. Are you concerned about Justin Jefferson? I am. And this is a flagrant two for me. But this is a flagrant two where I'm going to go to the monitor. I'm going to go to the monitor. I want to make sure. (laughs) And this is the reason. Uh, Everybody says the right thing at the right time. I like what the Rams are doing with Cooper Cup. If you look at Cooper Cup and the Rams, they are telling him, you're worth the money. We're going to get this done. Cooper Cup saying the right thing. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to match anybody. I want this to be a a working, you know, a deal for both of us so we can run it back, win another Super Bowl. 
I I think it's I, after going to the review, it's a flagrant one. Justin Jefferson, I think they can the Vikings can take that same mentality with a Kevin O'Connell. If Mike Zimmer was still here, I'd say flagrant two because Zimmer and Jefferson, the offensive guys, just didn't jail. Kevin O'Connell is going to be Justin Jefferson's friend. He's going to be in Justin Jefferson's ear. He's going to be in his side pocket. They're going to be friends like McVay and all his receivers and quarterbacks. So I think it's more of a flagrant one. Watch your steps. Be careful because it can come back and bite you in the butt. But I think Justin Jefferson is willing to do what it takes to win a championship. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, so I got to walk something back. I said two years in the league. It's He's actually been in the league for three years, so that okay. changes it for me. So I, I think it's actually more of a, a common foul, to be honest with you, because okay. this this puts the, the 49ers actually in, I know this sounds weird, kind of a good spot, because if he plays out this year and says, oh, I'm not going to re-sign with you guys, then he walks for nothing, yep. maybe a compensatory pick. If he's making his intentions clear now, before the final year of his contract, now you can get a mother load for him. You can get so much capital or players in return instead of letting him walk for basically nothing. Mm -hmm. This actually puts the 49ers in kind of a power position. Yes, they lose a really good player. I mean, you want Debo Samuel on your team, but at least they can get something for him. So many guys will just walk after that first contract. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, I, I do understand that. Justin Jefferson seeing that, though. His agent seeing that. Like, he's he's not going to make the same mistakes. However this Debo Samuel things pays out, I'm pretty sure Justin Jefferson's on high alert because his name keeps coming up. And we know players search their name on Twitter. All right, what's the next one? All right. Um, this one's actually about fouls. So Chris Finch has kind of built this habit of leaving Cat and other players in the game when they're in foul trouble. And he rolls mm -hmm. the dice. Um, is that a common foul to you as a coach or a flagrant one or flagrant two? So if they win this next game tonight, I'm going to say it's a common foul. But hindsight's 2020, and I don't have that information. I'm not Dr. Strange. I can't go in and view 15 million different scenarios of Carl Anthony Towns and his fouls. But what I can do is say, I'm going to say flagrant one. This is why. I think some guys need to just come out. Coaching is feel. We know Chris Finch is early in this thing. So as he goes on, they've given him a contract extension. He's got to get a better feel for when should he take a player out? Who can he leave in? Who's smart? Um, how is their mental? Um, Carl Anthony Towns, if he's mentally out of it because he's pissed off at the refs and now he's forcing, it, forcing the issue, it's worse. So I, I don't agree with leaving him in there. I think the team needs to learn to play a little bit without him sometimes. Give him a break. Let him get mentally dialed back in. Get him on the bench. Tell him calm down. Tell him shut up. Stop talking to the refs. And then get him back in the game. So that's why I'm going to put it on a flagrant one. Flagrant one is where I was going to go as well. I, I think you do need him in the game a lot because you don't True. really have scoring bigs on this team. Like Nas Reed is not really a big scorer. Jared Correct. Vanderbilt is not a big scorer. Greg Monroe doesn't play. Like, Cat's really the only guy who's going to get you buckets down low. Yep. So I get the urgency to leave him in. But also, things can unravel with Cat pretty quickly. He can pick yeah. up three fouls in a minute if, yep. if he's not in the right mindset. This thing about the NBA, though, they don't go big man anymore. Like, a lot of teams don't post you up. So that's why I think the Warriors found that, that, that formula when they had Kevin Durant and they went small ball, where Durant was the biggest guy on the court. And so, and then the, then this, the, the, the Cavs had to match. Uh, every team had to match. Nobody could match it. Uh, that's where I think the Timberwolves need to tweak and play around with it a little bit. Just see. If you can get three minutes out of a small ball lineup, see what happens. If you're if you're knocking down threes, moving the ball, hey, that might be the way to do it. What's next? Uh, let's stick with Cat. 
Cat only had seven shot attempts in game two, scored 15 points, got some some points at the line, but only seven shot attempts from the field. Is that a common foul, flagrant one or flagrant two? It's flagrant two. He's got to shoot the ball more. I've said that. You look at his power, his size, his strength, not forcing the shot. There's a thing. Quality shots. Get it in the post. Let them force them to dictate what they want to do with you defensively. Force them to move and do the things they have to do. It was too much standing around. It wasn't like it wasn't what we saw in game one. Hopefully the home energy is going to get them going. But I like I liked watching the Celtics nets. If you watch the ball movement of both teams, mainly the Celtics, though, the, 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 the nets play too much ISO ball where literally, you know, who's going to do something because the person that brings the ball up the court, if Kevin Durant's off to the far right, Kyrie is time for him to ISO. If Kyrie walks up and Kevin Durant brings it up and Kyrie goes off to the right, it barely even paying attention. It's going to be ISO Kevin Durant. I, I know what Steve Nash is doing. He, you know, he played in a ball game like that or an offense like that where he dictated what happened. The difference was Steve Nash was a passer as well, though. And that's where I think Kyrie and Durant sometimes lacked thinking like, hey, every time I, I'm ISO does not mean I need to shoot. It means I need to create space, get the player on my back when that second guy helps. Now I got to find that second guy. And that second guy has to find the third guy, almost like in hockey with the double assist. You don't get that in the NBA, but they have to do that. I, I guarantee if the NBA could change and add the double assist, players will be happy to make that second pass if they knew they'd get some stats for it. But I, I'd say it's a flagrant two because he has to shoot the ball. Yeah, I think it's a, fr a flagrant one. I think that, I mean, he he's not he he's not been aggressive from beyond the arc, and I don't know why, because on average, he shoots five threes a game, makes mm -hmm. two of them. He's a 40% three-point shooter, excellent, one of the best on the team. Uh, last three games, including the Clippers, he's two of eight. Yeah. So he's taken two or three a game. He was 0 for 1 in game two. Um, I, I think that's got to be a comfortable shot for him. I know that sometimes he gets that instinct to drive, yeah. um, but he also picks up a lot of offensive fouls. So I, would, I wouldn't be afraid for him to shoot it whatsoever. I trust him as a shooter. Okay. What's next? All right. Um, here's another Wolves one. Anthony Edwards tells ESPN, quote, I feel like I'm the best defender in the <laughs> NBA. Is that statement a common foul, flagrant one, flagrant two? I would say common foul, a silly common foul at that. It's, it's like one of those, like you have no chance of getting the rebound and you just come flying in trying to get a rebound, a la Cat uh, in that game seven game or play in seven game. Um, it's I get it. Like he's trying to create this persona, let everybody know what he's about. You look at all the two-way players that constantly get talked about right now. Giannis, um, you got his teammate actually too. Uh, what's his name? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Uh, number Middleton? twenty-one. No, the other one, the guard, uh, Drew Holiday. Hmm. Um, so you look at Drew Holiday, another two-way. You look at Jimmy Butler, another two-way. Uh, there's there's not a ton of those types where the guy's going to give you production on offense and defense, and I mean high production, high defensive IQ. Um, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant-esque, where Kobe's going to try to lock you down. He's going to play hard defense. Um, that That's where I think Anthony Edwards is trying to get. He's trying to remind people and let people know. But also, if you don't tell people you're a defender, people won't think you're a defender. Like Dennis Rodman let people know, I'm just here to play defense and get rebounds. And that's what his persona became because everybody knew it. Uh, he was a hustle guy. Uh, Steph Curry, we know what he's about. He's going to shoot the lights out. James Harden, he's going to step back until they call travel. Like Anthony Edwards is creating the Anthony Edwards persona, and I'm for it. That's why it's a common foul. Um, I wouldn't bring it up now just for the simple fact of 
every time you get cooked in the playoffs, now people like Charles Barkley are going to bring that up and that comment up. And they're going to say, oh, where's that defensive guy? Where's the best defensive guy now? Just like when Carl said he was the best big shooter in the league, every time he tried to shoot from three-point, they kept making jokes about it. So I'd say give less bulletin board material and just play ball. Yeah, well, also, Patrick Beverly's on your team, dude. Correct. I mean, that, to me, that's a it's a flagrant two. The, Kawhi Leonard is in the league. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Butler's in the league. There's there's a Kawhi's lot of Kawhi's in the league, but he's not in the league. He's not he's play, there. Correct. He is not <laughs> playing on the basketball court. Uh, one more. Devin Booker injured in yep. game two. The Pelicans upset the Suns. Um, I guess the chances of the Suns to get upset in this series. Is that a common foul, flagrant one, or flagrant two? If I'm... Phoenix fans, if I'm in that area, Arizona, I'm nervous. Two games out, and it's tied, so they can possibly go up 3-1. Now, we know the Suns can still move the ball and shoot well. They have other scores, but Devin Booker is a different beast. He's a different beast. He is a different breed. This kid can shoot, and he, he's from Michigan, so never forget that. We, we fill the bucket up in Michigan. That's what we do. Everybody talk about New York is a hotbed and all this stuff. Minnesota's a new hotbed. Michigan, Detroit, we've been getting buckets. Jalen Rose, Rashawn Leonard, Chris Weber, you know, Willie Green, coach for the Pelicans. We've been ballers. We've been about that life. Devin Booker's just another one. Amani Bates out of Memphis. He's got to find a home. Hopefully he comes to Minnesota. But Devin Booker is a different beast. And without him, you lose the fact that somebody that can score 30 and 15 minutes like he can fill up a basket fast with 10 threes like he is lightning quick with the ball he's smooth he's a smooth operator he's fist bumping babies that's a flagrant too i'd be nervous because if you go down 3-1 and he comes back and comes back too soon like kd takes a hard step because the difference is is it feels good when you get massages and you're in a cold tub but when you got to make that quick movement you pull it again you're back out again, and now you got to try to win into in a game seven, maybe or six or seven, and close, or you know, even try to just stop getting closed out without Devin Booker. It's a flagrant two. Yeah, I think it's a flagrant one. It's not great that you're going on the road now with a, a outside chance of falling behind three to one. That would be cataclysmic. But Zion's not in this. If Zion was coming back for the Pelicans, I would be flagrant two. But I just think that the Suns are too deep. Chris Paul is a good floor general. Uh, I think the Suns will ride this out and win that series. Yeah, and they're playing the AFC, so I get it. Well, up next, the Daily Three. That's three minutes, three questions. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. We'll be back after this. And now up on the Ron Johnson Show, my favorite, the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Take it away, Sam. All right, we've touched on it a couple times. Debo Samuel wants out of San Francisco. Here's my new question for you, though. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you're Quasi Adolfo Mensa, Kevin O'Connell. You're you're talking things over. You're saying, let's go get this guy. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you be willing to give up to get Debo Samuel on your team? Uh, a grilled cheese sandwich. I, I don't want him. Like, you have to be able to use this guy. Now, hypothetical, if I have to, if I have to do that and I have to give up something, I'm not giving up Justin Jefferson. I'm not giving up my first-round draft pick. That's the problem with that. If you give up your first-round draft pick, and, and technically, this is where you're at. If there was a receiver on the board that you wanted, 
then yes, I would say give up the first round pick for Debo and then, you know, and try to keep it at that. Like everybody's talking about all this extra stuff. Maybe, you know, somebody was like Dalvin Cook in the first round pick. Maybe because then you get Debo as your running back with uh, McKenzie, um, not McKenzie, Alexander. Um, oh, what is, why am I drawing Mad- a blank on his name? Madison. Madison. Yeah, Alexander Madison. I knew Alexander was in there. <laughs> with Alexander <laughs> Madison, it's your starting running back. And we know he can carry the load. He's gotten you some hundred, you know, uh, yard games. But I, I, I honestly, I don't, I don't want to give anything up. Like we know it's a new offense and maybe that's my problem. I'm thinking about the old Vikings offense. This is a new offense and this is an offense that probably could use a Debo Samuel, but you can't afford Debo Samuel. You can't give him the 126, the 150 million that he wants. Cause he's seen Stefan Diggs and he's seen all these receivers, Devonte Adams, all these guys get paid uh, Christian Kirk. I mean, come on. Uh, like you're seeing all these guys get paid. And so Debo wants to get paid and San Fran doesn't want to do it because they're trying to figure out, is it Jimmy G? Is it Trey Lance? What are we going to do? Uh, they just don't have the money for him. So if I'm the Vikings and I'm Quasi, I'm not doing it. I, I don't want them. I don't think it works. I think you can get what you can get out of those three receivers. Somebody tried to talk about injury prone, blah, blah. You look at Adam Thielen and Debo Samuel. They both have missed 11 games since 2019. So you get the same amount. I just think Debo's injury, one being on the West Coast as a Vikings person in the Midwest, we don't see that a lot. So we really didn't notice the games Debo missed. Adams felt like they were gut-wrenching because they were in times where we really needed him to be healthy. And then he was out. Um, And then it was kind of on TV where he tried to come back and get hurt again. So I think that's why we noticed the 11 games Thielen missed. Um, but you know, you, you can't, you can't really, um, look at how to quantify what Debo could give you without understanding the offense. So that's more of understanding what Kevin O'Connell is trying to do. But again, I go back to the money. I don't want to give up Dalvin cook. Like he's a guy that, that Kevin O'Connell did not have with the Rams. And so now you give a running game to that passing game. I'd say, let's go draft a corner. I don't think I want Debo Samuel. Yeah, I'm actually with you on that for two reasons. Number one, it's implied that if you acquire them in a trade, you are going to pay them. So yep. the money is a huge issue. But then if Debo is getting paid $150 million and Justin Jefferson needs to get extended in a year or two, he's going to want more than that. Correct. So suddenly you are you tied got $300 million for two receivers. So heavily. And yeah, <laughs> bye-bye Thielen. I mean, you're not keeping Thielen with with that money on the books either. So I don't oh, think yeah. it, also is it I don't think you other- keep Thielen with Debo. That's the other problem. Like if you bring Debo in, you probably got to let Thielen go and try to find a team for, or maybe you trade him to 40 to the 49ers with Debo. I mean, I don't think that those that many receivers can't coexist with that amount of money because Thielen, yes, he renegotiated, but it's still a lot of money. Yeah, well, also, isn't Debo upset about how much he was used as a running back? That's that's part of his value. He was like a top five running back and a top five wide receiver. But if he doesn't want to get the ball as a running back, well, that also decreases what I think he's worth. So I don't want that that issue. What he's thinking either. was his value was decreased as a receiver because of, you know, he became a gimmick guy. And is there a value on the market for that? And that's, mm. that's where he's trying. I think that's where he was a little bit upset was if he just played receiver, which he's, he's not thinking straight because now you are a Swiss army knife. But if he just played receiver and all those yards were, you know, receiver esque, like Tyreek Hill, then he would get a bigger contract. You know that, I think that's where he's going with it. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Um, next topic. So Kyler Murray is speaking of disgruntled stars. He mm-hmm. is still not in, in great terms with Arizona. It doesn't seem like he's holding out from offseason activities. 
How will things get resolved with Kyler Murray in Arizona? I, I think drafting what he wants, maybe. I, I don't really know what's going on. I do know, you know, when you lose guys to free agency, um, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, is not coming back. You know, you look at all the things and pieces he's losing. Um, I, I think it's like, you know, he's maybe saying, hey, go get go get Debo or go get uh, uh, DK Metcalf. You know, I, I think he wants he needs a, he wants a star like he wants a guy like he wants a guy. And so my guess is he's just not happy. Kind of like Aaron Rodgers, like he's not happy with what's going on in the front office and, and some of the moves that are being made. Um, but that's the problem. Like and, and again, the, the NBA, you have a lot more power. When you're LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. You know, you can do whatever you want. Like Jerry West right now is pissed off that Magic Johnson is 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 making him look bad on his new, uh, you know, whatever it's called, docu-series, uh, The Winning time. time. Yeah. So, I mean, NBA players can do that kind of stuff. Football players, you can't really make fun of owners and GMs and, you know, you can't flex your muscle because you're a dime a dozen. And, and that's where the Cardinals might be like, look, man, we can go get Malik Willis and we can move on from you because my offense is potent. It's legit. I just need a guy. I think Desmond Ritter could fit into that offense with the Cardinals the way they, you know, keep the guy moving. Now, Kyler Murray definitely created a lot of that with the arm strength and speed, but he's so tiny. He's so little. Like, you can't get the basic. And that's what you saw from the Cardinals is when it became basic time, like just sit back and throw a slant, sit back, throw a hitch, sit back, throw a deep over. He can't do it. He can't see. Like, he doesn't know where the guys are. So he's throwing into dead space, hoping that the guy is there. Um, I don't know how they resolve it besides drafting what he wants, like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I wouldn't be surprised like the Packers trying to make Aaron Rodgers even happier and drafted two receivers this year. Um, I think that's that's or go get Debo Samuel. I don't again, you got Aaron Rodgers on a huge contract. I don't think they have the money for Debo. Um, but yeah, when, when you look at Kyler Murray, I think it's drafting what he wants. I think it's doing what he wants. And and that's up to now the coaches and the, and the GM. Like, do we want to do that? Are we going to cave to this guy? Or are we just going to? You know, I say, you know what? Let's go draft a quarterback. And that's what this next week is going to be about. GMs, they're going to have to make decisions and coaches, and then they got to go from there. And there's some other shooters out there for Trey Lance. Like, don't be – or Jimmy G even. You know, the 49ers, don't be surprised because they're sneakily behind the scenes trying to figure out who's our quarterback. And if we can get value now before we lose them to their contracts or free agency, why not do that? So if they know they don't want to keep Trey Lance and they want to extend Jimmy G or vice versa, Trey Lance is the future and they want to get some for Jimmy G, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved as well. Yeah, I think with Kyler, I think it's just dollar signs. I think this is the start of players wanting to get paid a year earlier. Yep. Um, Kyler's That's obviously got too. the he's got the fifth year option, but I think he wants to get paid after year three, which is right now. Um, and I think that Arizona will look in the mirror and say, "Are we going to find a better, more athletic, like more explosive quarterback than this?" Probably not, even though he right. does have limitations with his size. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it resolves with him getting paid. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, Daily three continues. Who is your favorite to win the NBA finals at this point after what you've seen in the playoffs so far? Man, that's a <laughs> that's a tough one. My quick twitch and I hate to be a homer, but my quick twitch now with Devin Booker out or not out, but we don't know how long the Warriors. Like, I like the way the Warriors are built. The fact that Steph Curry can come off the bench when he has to. Uh, they're just getting warmed up. They got hot at the right time. Kind of like the, the 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 North Carolina Tar Heels. You know, as an AC, they got hot at the right time. They beat Duke twice to get to the championship. They beat Duke in Coach K's final game. They got hot. The Warriors are, that's where they are. Steph Curry 
is getting hot at the right time. Jordan Poole is giving them enough, you know, to kind of say, you know what, if Clay can't give it to you or if Draymond can't give it to you, let's do it. And Draymond's kind of playing his role. He's like, look, I got three ballers out there now. I got Jordan Poole, I got Clay, and I got Steph. You know, like Jordan Poole is kind of taking on that. Uh, and he's not Kevin Durant, but he's taking on that role as like the third guy, the guy that, you know what, if you're going to worry about Steph, kick it to me. I'm going to knock the shot down. I'm going to get to the lane. Um, and he's having fun. So I, I, I kind of say the Warriors because I just don't have faith in the Heat. Um, I, I think the way that – or yeah, yeah, no, Jimmy Butler. The way the Heat are playing right now, I do think they can come out the East. Um, Giannis, to me, has, has shown vulnerability and like teams forcing him to shoot also teams willing to stand in front and get run over by a freight train because he's out of control when he euro steps he almost travels even uh chris middleton just got hurt with uh, right knee soreness or left knee soreness i think it was left knee one of the knee soreness like there's so much to this um the grizzlies again i just don't see the grizzlies getting past the warriors um or the suns I just don't think the Grizzlies have it. I I I kind of like the Warriors. I, I think they can win it. Yeah, I love the Warriors out of the West. I think that's a good call. I kind of like the Celtics, though, to win the whole thing. I, I don't necessarily trust the Heat as the one seed in the East. I've watched the Celtics now against the Nets two games. They defend really well. They do. Uh, and this is a great like test for them in round one because the Nets are legit. Um, if they can get past the Nets, and it looks like they are now up 2-0 in the series – um, come from behind win last night, big time. Tatum and Brown late in the game, I trust them completely. They're just so they're alpha dogs. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that that Boston can do it on both ends of the floor. I think that the Celtics are my pick. Yeah, and they're a quiet one-two punch with Brown and Tatum. I mean, Tatum, I I, I watched that game as well. And I thought the Nets had it because they were up big early and Coming into the half, the the Celtics start chipping away at it, and you saw you saw the heat. You saw that they they went on a heater, and they came out in the second half, and Tatum was absolutely like ridiculous. Like his play, the D, and you like you said, it starts with defense. But you know, Al Horford right in that corner in the perfect spot when they drive and they're gonna crash. Al Horford as a as a big you know outside stretch wing or a stretch four, whatever you want to call them, knocking down threes. Like that's that's where. You know, and I go back to the Timberwolves, that's what Beasley has to be. He has to be able to be out there in that corner to knock down the three whenever Anthony Edwards or Carl Anthony Towns is driving and getting double. But, yeah, I, I do like the Celtics, but, I, I, you know, Celtics-Warriors, I think that could be a good one. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 hope, I was hoping the Nets. I do like the 76ers, though, but I don't know how many game-winning threes uh, Joel Embiid can hit. So that's why... I'm gonna go with the Warriors. So I do like the I like the Celtics though. So it'll be it's gonna be an interesting finals. This early on is some good games. Uh, but we should have some fun down the stretch. Uh, I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I want to thank you guys for joining us today on the Ron Johnson show. Uh, that's Sam Ekstrom. And you can get this on YouTube. Please subscribe or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you and have a great day. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.